are you fulfilled with the life that you're living? Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, well then are you, do you have the guts to go out and make some changes? Yes. That's and, it. Yep. I mean, that's like, even when I look at myself and retiring at 36 and it's like, do you have the guts to go, I am, I'm not into it anymore. Yeah. I'm not happy. I believe that each and every one of us has the power within ourselves to create the life that we really want. And I want to help give you the tools to make that happen. I'm Danica Patrick, and I'm Pretty Intense. Welcome to the Pretty Intense Podcast. Today on the show is Tony and Francis Papalardo, and they own a company called Customize Your Life, which... Look, I met them as a, a, on a friend basis on a vacation, and they were just like the coolest, most easygoing, positive people that you just want to be around. And then I found out about this super cool business that they started, and it's about helping people from the inside out and outside in. It's everything from finances to how are your relationships. So it's kind of looking at business from a, a, a 360 perspective of all the things that could affect it in a negative way. And then on the positive side, it's about setting goals about what you truly want from life. And they have really great strategies on that. So um, we dove into all the things pertaining to business. And then we talked a lot about life and the challenges as human beings, but ultimately to think positive and think about what you want, not what you don't want, and then you'll manifest it. So we had a really good time. I hope you enjoy it. Francis and Tony Papalardo, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to talk to you guys about your business and about your big vision for people and your sort of revolutionary approach to um, helping people figure things out, not always from the outside in, but the inside out. Um, so you have a company called Customize Your Life, yep. um, which I'd like to talk about second. First off, I want to understand how you arrived at this company. And so maybe tell me a little bit about, you know, a little bit about your story and how you came to the conclusion that this was a great company and maybe in the middle of it, kind of how you met and just made this awesome union and partnership that makes this great company. Sure. Do you want to start, baby? Sure. Um, (laughs) Man, so where to begin? I mean, you know, for both of us, we were sort of at a point when we met each other um, that we were looking for something beyond traditional wisdom, everything that traditional wisdom had taught us about living our life in terms of really doing what the masses do and becoming a mass-produced, standardized person necessarily of society. Um, We were looking to create different results. We really kind of wanted to figure out how we could maximize our resources so we could experience life at another level. The only challenge with that is neither one of us had experience in how to do that. So we had this idea of what we wanted. We had this vision. My background was in performance. I moved to New York for musical theater. I'd gone through some situations. I lost my dad. And that was really my turning, po- turning point to want to wanna create different results. you know. Um, and he had a sort of a different upbringing that, that brought him to that point as well. Um, but for the two of us, that's really what it was about. You know, We wanted to be able to live life on our terms. We wanted to be able to um, just not have to go through the traditional 
groupthink, tradi traditional wisdom of society that, that we had done to that point and be able to travel, be able to contribute at higher levels, be able to really do the things that were kind of kept in the cobwebs of our souls, so to speak, that kind of freaked us out and scared us. And we finally got to a point where we were like, you know what, let's, no, let's freaking do this. I, I believe we have the audacity now to, to say we can, we can, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's really what set us on our path. That's what set us to, to finding mentors. And Tony yeah. actually had already had some really good relationships when we met that were really valuable in helping us unlock this and figure this out. And that's really all it came down to for us to be able to do this was mentorship. Yeah. I, I didn't want to have to be the guy to figure everything out. Um, I think copying <laughs> is a lot better. So, so many people, they're like, Imitation you know, is the highest form of uh, flattery. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when you think of coaching, you know, uh, obviously you being a professional race car driver, I mean, you had professional coaches all throughout your career coaching on how to drive a car better. So when we looked at life, we said, okay, who's got the results that we want? Who's got, you know, not just, I'm not talking about just, just materialistic things. I'm talking about like who has the family life that we want, mm -hmm. who has the time with their, their kids, their wife. Um, you know, we kept seeing as we grew up, both Francis and I, we kept seeing people spend all their time chasing this career, but then losing their family. Mm. All right. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, I don't want to do that. And, <clears throat> you know, my dad and mom had gone through a lot of challenges financially. They owned a furniture business. Went out of went out of business, you know, had some real challenging situations with family, lost a lot of money, millions of dollars in debt. And Ouch. it was the greatest thing that happened to our family, um, which is, you know, at the time. Please explain. Yeah. At the time, they certainly didn't feel that way. I didn't feel that way. This started to happen when I was about 10 years old. And, um, you know, house got foreclosed on, cars repossessed. So, you know, when you see the stress of not having money. Uh, and I'm certainly not saying money is everything, but when you don't have money, mm -hmm. it puts tremendous pressure on the family structure. Mm -hmm. And the kids see it and sense it, no matter how much mm -hmm. our parents tried to hide us and shield us from it. Uh, we knew things weren't right when, when furniture was being sold out of the house. You yeah, know, when, when you lose your bed <clears throat> yeah. uh, and you're like, yeah, here's a here's a sleeping bag, Yeah, you knew it wasn't a sleepover. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, we're camping out a lot in the, in the house. Like, keep talking about all these fun games we're playing. This isn't fun anymore. <laughs> you're like, candles? The power didn't go out. I saw you flip the switch. <laughs> How come all the neighbor's houses have lights? Like, I'm not understanding this. Your mom would actually do that. She'd play games mm -hmm. with you guys to try to keep it. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And, and my sister was younger. Um, I hate to admit it, but, you know, my sister's five and a half years younger. Um, you know, we're always joking around about that. But, but as Why? I... Why? Because she's more mature than you? She's always been more mature <laughs> than me. I mean, <laughs> she's, she's awesome. Uh, she really is great. And my brother-in-law is my best friend. He's, uh, he's such a great guy, um, you know. But, you know, when we were going through this, it, I heard a long time ago from one of our mentors, he said, look, the, the seeds of an equal or much greater benefit lie within every great adversity okay and the challenge is is most of the time we get so wrapped up in the adversity and it's not like what are we supposed to learn from this you know how are we supposed to grow how are we supposed to change so my dad started to look and he started to just seek mentorship seek opportunities seek stuff and he met a guy <clears throat> that had retired in his early 30s uh, around 32 33 his wife retired at 28 and he started to pursue him 
Um, and this guy started to take him under his wing and coach him and help him really develop some businesses and, and taught him about not just business, but about life, about having a good marriage. Like this guy really coached mm. my dad in life first. Life coach. Yeah. Like all of life. Exactly. <laughs> and, and what he said to him, he said, look, Vinny, if you're not going to allow me to coach you in life, I'm not going to coach you in business because your life is probably the way your life is, Got Vinny. It you're going to screw up any business that I help you develop. So this is the seeds for what was passed on to you because that's what Customize Your Life is about, yep. is about looking at the full spectrum of yep. your life, including your business and your personal relationships yep. with you know, your partner or your family. Um, so that's, that's fantastic. And you know, yeah. I heard another great thing you were talking about. He people have adversity, they tend to, to focus on that. And that's, that's what they get more of then. Yep. Like we talk about this, right? Yep. Whatever you focus on, you get more of. It's like water the right plants. So he wanted right. more opportunity. He wanted something different. So he started seeking those things instead of thinking only about the problems. Yep. You only think about the problems, you only get more of the problems. Yep. 100%. Got it. So then what was the next step? Like, how did you birth the idea of this business? Well, you know, what happened was, was Give I started a basic framework of yep. business because very unique yep. and you've explained it to me in, in depth and I'm like, please explain more, but it's, it's very creative, but very innovative. And, um, and it obviously, you know, somewhat came from, from your dad. So bless him. Well, what we saw, we saw a gap. So I started getting mentored at 22. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and, but it was still kind of, um, it wasn't as organized as it was kind of like, Hey, talk to this guy. If you need help with this, talk to that guy, if you need help with this. So what we did was over time and I got great results with it Mm -hmm. at 22. I started working with my dad, with this gentleman, Charlie, and we started to develop our business and we leveraged companies online. All right. The internet was up and coming. They had done everything offline. Um, so, uh, a lot of companies do with network marketing, Amazon does it, eBay does it, where when you when we talk about leveraging a company, what you're doing is you're leveraging, you're utilizing their infrastructure. So their warehousing, their shipping, okay. their receiving, sure. all that. So they just had a way more perfect or professional approach to leveraging companies rather than the kind of rinky dink, Hey, I'm going to go sell some stuff on eBay. You know, they knew how to scale it. They knew how to take it to a big, big level. So mm-hmm. that's, they really professionalized it. So as time went on, we said, man, this is, this is so helpful. How do we scale it? How do we make this available for the masses? How do when we you say it, you mean the opportunity? Your life. Exactly. So that's, but <clears throat> how did you develop that as like the, like, how did you go? Did you just say, Hey, we want to help people. Or did you say, we're going to start a company. It's called this, this is our framework. Or was it just the idea that you wanted to help people? really more the idea well first we started to get helped and we had so many areas of our life change and develop and grow Uh and then it kind of birthed out of that we were Uh like we want to help people we want to yeah yeah. so it really flowed this wasn't like a this wasn't a and then b it was like a free flowing kind of like oh this is great and that's great and while we could help with that okay let's go okay great like i love flowing it's like we've talked about before you know the the best stuff is when you get out of the way and kind of let things take their natural course so by by example by seeking by Mm -hmm. you know whether it be you or your dad or you know the, the the flow of it all all of a sudden you arrive finally after some time at this place where you're like oh wait this is a business yep yep 
Yeah. yeah, and that honestly, like all of those pieces came together first, mm-hmm. and then the name came second. Okay, yeah. it just made yeah. sense. This is what we're doing here. I mean, we were, yeah. you know, since we've been able to establish our assets and and get ourselves in a position where we're really living mm-hmm. the life that mm-hmm. we're proud of, the one that we'd mm-hmm. always dreamt of, and of mm-hmm. course, we're still expanding and growing and going beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, as we're looking and helping other people, we're like, this is we're teaching people how to customize their life. Mm-hmm. We had a vision for what we wanted our life to look like, and we've been able to get pretty close to it now with mm-hmm. the help of the experts that we've sought out, credible experts that we've sought out that have helped us maximize in the areas of relationships, finances, which are the two main buckets yeah. that people need help with, yeah. right? Creating yeah. self-awareness, and then other areas that we needed help um, maximizing. Um, and now we're here and we're helping other people do the same thing. And we're like, that's, that's what we do. Yeah. You know, it's about creating a life that you mm-hmm. intentionally design, not one that you just kind of go with, you know, societal flow mm-hmm. and hope works out and think, you know, gosh, maybe, you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the road, go, how did I end up here? You know, mm-hmm. so many people are, are chasing and climbing this proverbial ladder, but nobody's really saying what what is this ladder leaned up against? And yeah. Do I even want to go there? Yeah, well, right? it started from passion. Your passion was to live the life you wanted. Yep. And then you realize other people want to do the same thing. And this is yep. how we can help them do this. So so say I'm, you know, say I'm Danica, Danica Brand, and I have something that, you know, I, I have a company mm-hmm. and I come to customize your life. And I'm like, I want you to help me. What happens next? Hmm. It depends on the areas that you need to grow in, Right. Most people that come to us, they come to us pretty organically. We're not really out there heavily soliciting and things like that. They, they come through referrals of people who've received good results, and that's mm-hmm. what's shared with them. Mm-hmm. And they'll hear, you know, we've, heard, we've received some great things in terms of how to pay off debt. We've heard great things about how you guys help people, you know, start an asset that could help produce more cash flow for them. We've heard great things about how you've helped people relationally. So everybody has magical. a different... Yeah. <laughs> um, so everybody has a different thing that they're looking to work on and that's really where we help them create a blueprint towards the goals that they set for themselves okay so what's the process like like is there a quick overview of the process that you go through with these companies yeah we we basically interview them so in most cases again it's it's not all cases but in most cases somebody's you know has heard our name or you know reached Mm -hmm. out to us or reached out to somebody that we're connected with and mm-hmm. we'll take them through an interviewing vetting process where we, you know, we find out really what they're looking for. T- the typical thing that attracts them to us is typically the finances. Yeah. All right. They want to sure. make money and they're thinking about their business. Yeah. yeah. And so they're going, you know, Hey, I have a job. My wife has a job. We have a couple kids, but we don't have enough time. We need to come up with some assets. So we then teach them how to develop some low cost startup assets online. All right, primarily with a network marketing business. So we say, okay, cool. This is the first asset that we're going to be able to help you develop. Um, but in the process of that, we want to help you get your finances in order. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, we want to teach you how to budget. We want to mm-hmm. teach you because so many people today, it's like, it's like the person that wins lotto. Right. And it's like, they have all this money, but they have terrible spending habits. Sure. And then sure. they end up being more broke. Because they spend all their money and they just had access to credit or whatever because they had all this money. Yeah. So it doesn't – and we see with professional athletes. We see with, with all sorts of people that have a large sum of money come in mm-hmm. you know, at, at mm-hmm. one time. Mm-hmm. So we want to teach them good foundational habits mm-hmm. in their relationships and their finances. Like Francis was saying, those are the two buckets yeah. Yeah. that 
people typically don't really ever get any good yeah. coaching with. Like mm-hmm. I was getting relationship advice from all my divorced friends, uh, <laughs> friends that were single, you know. <laughs> so it was like, you know, what should I do in this relationship? And everybody would have an opinion, you know, but meanwhile, they didn't have any yeah. of the results. Right. That's like me giving you advice on driving. Right. You know, you're like, right. I, can, I saw I can t- you drive. It was terrible. I know. I know. Exactly. <laughs> I was very nervous. You I'm like, so oh, God. Dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. but we, we do that so much of the time. Like, mm-hmm. logically in sports, we go, okay, if I want to play basketball, I'm going to get coaching from people that play basketball but in life we get coaching typically from people that are terrible at relationships and terrible with their finances Mm -hmm. so we really start on a basic level with people we say look you got to be willing to let let us help you in these areas because any business we help you develop Mm -hmm. you're gonna ruin it if you don't handle your life properly you know and that's really been the game changer and and we start really from the beginning where we ask somebody a simple question which my mentors asked me a long time ago, where they said, look, they said, what's the question that you get asked your whole life, which is, how do you, what do you want to be when you get older? What do you want to be? Right. And we said, ah, doctor, fireman, lawyer, whatever. And, um, you know, it's the wrong question. The right question is, is how do you want to live? Mm-hmm. Amen. What do you want your life? Forget about career. Forget about job. Forget about any of that. If you could, I don't know, have a hundred million, half a billion, whatever the number is, How would your life look? What would you do on a daily basis? How would you give to charity? How much time would you spend with family? What kind of schools would you send your kids to? Mm -hmm. You know, what would you and your wife do instead of having, you know, trying to squeeze life into nights and weekends when you're dead tired? What would your life look like with your spouse? You know, like all these questions. And then, uh, you know, anytime we ask somebody that, their brain, you start to see like things firing in their brain. They're going, oh my gosh, my whole life would be different. You know, and you go, okay, well, well, if that's the case, you need to figure out a vehicle that could then produce the life that you want. It's about asking the right question. Yep. I mean, you know, you say that and we've talked about school before and kind of the institution and the structure and the curriculum even. But, you know, it's like almost like we're ingrained into this process where it's like nine to five all week. We do things we don't want to do. And that's just normal. It's yep. like, what if you just like stopped all of that shit and just said, what do I really want to do? How do I really want to live my life? Would I take trips? Would I be an artist? Would I, you know, would I go, would I learn? Some people want to learn. The older I get, the more I want to learn. So some of it has to do with learning. So that's an incredible first steps is saying, you know, how do you want your life to look? And there's so many people that just buy into this, rat race this like you've heard us say like the human race it's like a race to no finish line to death a race to death that sucks you know i mean that's just not that much fun to just you know you know go to work to live and you sound like you live to work then yeah right so what happens after they start going oh i would do this i would do that i would do that i'm afraid if i actually answered that question i would probably just stop working and i'd just live and have a garden and a hundred dogs Hmm. Well, I'd visit. (laughs) And camp, of course. Yes. We love camping. Exactly. Yeah. And like with Customize Your Life, it's not about just making enough money so then you could sit at home and just do nothing or or whatever. It's about like, what is your life going to mean? Yeah. Like when, you know, when you pass away, like, are people going to remember you because you left a mark? Mm -hmm. Like, were people's lives better off because you truly lived? Yeah. You really... It's about and, legacy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, legacy is so much what we talk about. Yeah. Because look, I got scared at like seven, eight years old when I went down to Florida 
for my grandparents, like their retirement home community thing. And I, and I literally, I remember this as clear as day being around seven, eight years old and going, this is what everyone works so hard for to play shuffleboard in the afternoon to <laughs> and then to, shuffle to their, yeah, you know, like, I'm their, like, their house, you know, so, sit in the kitchen and yeah, I just tea. didn't get it. So I was like, why are we working our entire lives to then retire, quote unquote, mm-hmm. to some community? And I'm look, I'm not I don't mean to make it sound like I'm putting it down or anything like that. There's so many people. That These are generalities, right? These are just generalities. Yeah. These aren't specifics. Yeah. It's macro, not micro. Exactly. <laughs> but it's like I guess the question is, is like, it, are you fulfilled with the life that you're living? Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, well, then are you do you have the guts to go out and make some changes? Yep. That's it. I mean, that's like even when I look at myself and retiring at 36 and it's like, do you have the guts to just say, I don't want to do that anymore? Even though that's all you know, that's, you know, where you it's your reputation, it's your identity, it's safe, it's familiar. It's like, do you have the guts to go? I'm not into it anymore. I'm not happy. Yeah. Yep. Do you see people having lots of big life changes? Like, do you see people? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> light bulbs start to go off left and right. And yeah. when they start to strip away these conventional ideas that they've accepted for so long, that this is what life has to be about. Now we start flipping the paradigm in their mind mm-hmm. and they, yeah, they start breaking through their own mental barriers and thinking, well, oh my gosh, I could, I, I'm actually really starting to connect, I think, with the thing that I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's that's not the thing that's going to make them money. Mm-hmm. It's maybe they're supposed to just, you know, maybe they really just always wanted to be a better, um, a well-rounded person in terms of being a better mom, a better citizen in their community, a better, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a better wife, a better, you know, they wanted to travel, they wanted to do all these things. It doesn't have to be about the thing that makes you money mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. that's where society gets so confused and our identity becomes what we do yeah. you know the first question when yeah. you go to a party is always well, what do you do what do you do and then the whole conversation thereafter becomes about that and so when we go to parties we like to have fun with that question yeah. people ask us right away what do you do and like oh my gosh we i we do so many things um let's see we like to well we're you know yeah, we're married we we, yeah. we do a lot of things with our kids we have two kids we love to surf um we ski sometimes we um, we do yoga we do a lot of stuff with charities and things we you know causes that we care about and believe in was there and we just kind of see them go cross-eyed they go go, how do you do all that yeah yeah Yeah. and 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 they they sort of they get like the googly eyes you know like you know and um we'll kind of lean in and say i'm sorry did you mean how do we make money Mm -hmm. they're like well yeah like all right well that's that's fairly simple but that's probably the least most interesting part about us hmm. right yeah. because mm-hmm. life is in our and our our belief system is that life is meant to be lived so then it comes about answering that question well how do i get myself in a financial position to do that which yeah. is where we help people yeah. start to clean up their financial behavior and solve some things that can get them there yeah. um, but that's really what it you know it, it comes down to purpose and fulfillment which isn't meant to be confused with happiness um, I think our today's generation is continually trying to find this happiness. Like, I just want to be happy. Mm-hmm. And they, they'll find that it's a target that just keeps moving. They never seem to hit it. Whereas we're saying, no, like, you know, do, do something that brings you fulfillment, mm-hmm. which comes from a much deeper place within. True, right? There's a difference between, like, you know, having the dogs and, like, relaxing and things like that. And then, you know... 
uh, setting a goal to inspire people or right. to help your local community or, you know, help your community get, you know, f- you know, like if I love gardening, fresh local fruits and, you know, you're, so you go and you can have a garden, but it's really about, you know, helping serve your community. So it's going a little deeper into you know. how are you going to make a difference? So the question really becomes to, you know, everyone is how do you want to be remembered? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, how do you want people to look back at you and say, please describe Francis, you know, how, you know, you you know, how would you be described as an adventurous person, fun, you know, like that should be kind of the question. And then you reverse it back from there. It's like, what are they going to say at my funeral? (laughs) It's funny. We're actually in the process of writing a book right now. Um, (laughs) It'll be called Customize Your Life. And the, Mm -hmm. the first chapter beyond the introduction starts with your funeral. Oh man, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a visualization exercise where we're just inviting the reader into sort of this, you know, experience as if they're at their own funeral and they could see the highlight reel of what's going on mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. the people's minds that are passing by and paying their respects. What would they see? What do they want them to see? Mm-hmm. Right. And then what's the gap in between versus like, who are you today? versus the potential of who you really could be. And to me, the saddest thing in the world would be going to my grave, not having filled that gap, right? Of who I was to the, to the ultimate potential of who I could be, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so we, we start them there and then we, the whole part of, the whole purpose of chapter one in the book is to begin with the end in mind, mm-hmm. is to yeah. start there, start with that vision. Yeah. Really think it through, not just in material, you know, uh, the material world in a sense of, yes, you might want to leave a financial legacy. And we think that's great. And we, you know, we, um, we believe in taking care of the first few generations, you know, beyond us. Um, but in, as you're saying, Danica, your, your values, your virtues, sure. you know, your truths, you know, is your grandchild passing by there saying, you know, man, grandma, she always she always stuck to her guns. You know, she yeah. was like a gladiator in high heels. She just mm-hmm. always be- stood for what she believed in. And she made sure we did the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so that value, that virtue is integrity mm-hmm. is what you're hearing. Mm-hmm. You know, are they saying, oh, you know, grandpa, he just, you know, he always did the right thing. He, he always had the courage to do this and that. You know, or, what are those types of things that you're hearing? And is that who you are today? Is it reflective of who you are today? Most people aren't truly living out of their values today. Yeah. And that's something we help people define as well and then charge them with the accountability because that's what they came to us for is accountability to really be truly acting out of that place, which comes, which then what they're doing is they're reaching their true authenticity, which as you know, Brene Brown says, the only way you can really truly feel connected to the world as if you're coming from an authentic place right yeah i've totally have a new thought for you guys scratch trying to help people when they have a business you need to be like ground zero for kids before they (laughs) before they go to college before they go waste a bunch of time and money on something they really don't give a shit about like like you know the general like degrees that they get because they get to go be in a sorority or fraternity maybe and they're not really sure yet instead go like start from out of high school and you know there needs to be some 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 part of the curriculum needs to be customized your life these are the questions we need to be asking ourselves you know before we embark on a financial burden that you pay off for the next 30 years or just you know continuing on this 
repetitious wheel of like, I do things I don't like to do and not spending the time to think about what it is that you actually want to do. Right. For me, I, I, a couple of years ago, I finally had the time to like slow down. I was alone a lot more often and had a lot less to do when I was not at the track. And I figured out much more about who I am and what I like to do. But Lord knows some peace and quiet is not easy to come by these days. Hmm. Sure. Yep. But it's, it's so necessary. And that's really, that's really when you can get to know yourself. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and so, you know, it's funny you're talking about 18 year olds launching Mm -hmm. into the world. And then unfortunately in most cases taking on a lot of debt because they don't have that figured out and 80 plus percent of them not actually working in the field that they graduated in is not a good equation. Is that that the statistic? That's the statistic. Yeah. I don't know the exact, but I know it's above 80%. And it's, wow. um, That's, you know, a friend of ours said, you're asking an 18 year old um, unregulated bag of testosterone, what he wants to do with the rest of his life, (laughs) you know? And he says, how many of you, you know, would, would invest into an 18 year old, you know, and he, he describes it that way, unregulated bag of testosterone. Yeah. And everybody's like, no way. He's like, you wouldn't give him 20,000? No. 80,000? No. 100,000? No. No, And he's like, well, that's, but that's what you're doing when you. Maybe give him a little bit and a backpack and a passport and then take off into the world and go experience some things. Go see the world. Go, go figure out what it is that you truly love and places that you like. You don't have to stay in one place. And yeah, yeah, I agree. Or at least just hand him some really tough questions. You know, start with that end of the game, you know, end of the yeah. life visualization yeah. and, and see, yeah. get it, just get them thinking through a different filter, yeah. you know? Well, yeah, it, I guess I was probably 19, 18. I wasn't in college yet. I never went to college, but I was about ready to enroll in college. And one of my, my dad had actually connected me with another guy and mentor, a guy I looked up to. He said, so, uh, so you're going to you're going to go to college? And I said, Yeah, I think I'm going to go to college. He goes, Why? Yeah. <laughs> and and I was like, Well, I want to learn. And I had zero. I knew what you're I like, wanted I to wanna do. Like, I want to part. I want to participate <laughs> yeah. in. A- exactly. Wait, can you get a degree in party? Yeah. No, I'm just checking. So well, I can do that. <laughs> and that's that's what he. I mean, basically, after some back and forth, he's, I was like, "Yes, fine. I just want to party. I just want to hang out. I just want to surf. I just want to." And he's you just like, haven't spent time thinking about what to do yet. You're like, "No, this day's fun, so keep going." Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, no, but that's exactly what it was. He goes, "Why are you going to spend six figures taking out loans, doing all this stuff?" He goes, "Just go surf. Just go party. Just go do whatever." He goes, "But don't." you know, uh, put on a whole bunch of debt because you quote unquote, or, you know, are trying to, you know, get into this college world because everybody has told you to do it. He goes, and it's really just an excuse for you to go surf. He goes, just go surf. And it, yeah, it was such a simple little thing, but like one of the things that we coach young people about, if we typically won't bring somebody on that's 18, 19, 20, cause they're just kind of too young, too immature, but if we, a lot of times parents will say, hey, can you talk to my, my kid? Mm-hmm. You know, they're thinking about doing this with college and we don't have enough money to, to pay for their college. So can you talk to them? Because they're thinking about taking all these loans and they're going to have six plus figures of, of college debt. And, you know, and that's one of the simplest things we ask the person is, hey, what do you want to, you know, how do you want your life to look? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I never thought of it that way. So, okay, well, before you spend all this money on a college degree, yeah. you know, why don't you go to, why don't you just go to a local community college for a couple of years, kind of figure some stuff out. And then if you still want to go to the major university and still 
then you could do it. But at least you saved a whole bunch of money, you know. And yes, okay, you maybe missed out on the experience for a couple of years. But I'll tell you what, I visited all my friends at college. I and, didn't go to college. Yeah, and I just I just spent the money for the weekend. Uh, you know, I, I'm not recommending that to anyone. But the point was was is I didn't need to spend a whole bunch of money, and a lot of people only need to spend a whole bunch of money for quote unquote experience. It's the honorable way to burn time. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it? I mean, I'm not saying everybody does by any means. Look, if I'm going to the doctor's office, I sure as hell hope you went to college for yeah. that. Right? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. But you know, yeah. lawyers, they need to know the information. They need to learn how to speak a different language. So I don't understand them anymore. Um, that was supposed to be a joke. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but that, I mean that some of some things you do need to go to school Absolutely. for and then you, you, you know, go do that. But, yeah. but there's so much, of it that's about you know doing what's um respected which is Mm -hmm. go to college when what should be respected is honesty of like i don't know what i want to do right i would rather take some time go travel something like that than spend your money mom and dad and i mean look at the like can you imagine how much credibility that earn with the kid and the parents what a mature kind of decision um to make and then you know come a couple years later after traveling around i bet your parents will still be willing to help you with something you know yeah but college is just at least something that you want then truly as opposed to you know this is like the you know i i try not to say things that are uh very um one-sided but it's like you know, you got to question the marketing degree, right? Yeah. Because mm. I feel like so many people go to school and they're like, I'm going to go for marketing because they just don't know yet, you know? Yep. Right. <laughs> it's yep. like, oh, absolutely. I mean, so, well, some of the degrees that people have, I'm yeah. like, that's what you spend 100K for. Yeah. So you spend 200K for. I'm yeah. like, okay. You Wait know. a second. You spend 100K. You gained twenty pounds. Um, you you killed some brain cells. Yeah, you learned you know. how to funnel beers like a champ. Yeah. <laughs> you, Wait, you that's a talent. That is a talent. Don't judge that. You know, I don't know. I'm. That's what I learned visiting my friends at school, and I was. That's your takeaway. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. An awesome well done. Takeaway. Well done. Yeah. That's a talent. That for sure. So you got to really open your throat. You didn't get a degree. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> they weren't offering that. Maybe, at the maybe time. yeah. Maybe it's in a party says. trick. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a little girl. Um, yep. You yes. obviously have Vincent, who's a little older. Yep. Um, so uh, you know, what do you feel? How do you feel about how you're going to address this wonderful perspective with them? It's a good question. So Vincent's we've already, it, yeah. yeah, we've already <laughs> been talking to him about it. You know, we said, look, you know, school is a great option for you if that's what you want to do. The whole question is, what do you want to do with your life? And, and he's six, is he 16? He's 16. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got him thinking this way. He sees that. Val- I mean, I, I see value in school as well in terms yeah. of experience, as mm-hmm. we were saying before. Mm-hmm. It's Time all management, just responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. You learn some good skills, yeah. you yeah. know, but it's it again, it's the it's the weighing out of do I have the resources? Does this make sense for the end result that I'm trying to get? Right. right? It shouldn't just be this is what everybody does. We right. haphazardly right. go through this and oops. Right now I'm saddled with all this debt. So Vincent, because of the resources we've, we have is able, he has the opportunity to go to school if he wants to, um, and we'll help him with that. And he knows that, but we're very, we're very specific with him. Cause he says, look, I just, you know, I want to create a life like you guys. I want to have businesses. You know, I just, I, you know, I, he's a family man. I want to have a wife. I want to have kids. I want to be a family man. Okay. That's Vincent. So, okay. In order to do that, you know, you're going to have to learn some responsible skills. And, you know, if you want to, if he wants to go to college and study something, study something that's going to be useful for the rest of your life, right? Whether that's accounting skills or communication skills, whatever sure. it is, 
you know, don't just go at this for the social experience. Um, Social experience is good. It's merited. You know, we talked to him a lot about networking and building connections and and creating friendships with people so that because that that's essentially how we've developed our success is through the power of networking. Social experiences happen anyway. I didn't go to college and I'm plenty social. Yeah. We tell him, don't be that guy, you know, (laughs) don't be that guy that, you know, nobody wants to connect with after college. Keep in mind, you know, you're building your reputation there. So we talked to him about a lot of this stuff and um, it it really comes down to the order of consequences. That's kind of how we parent. We get them every, (laughs) we get him to really play out every action he's going to do and get to the furthest consequence and see if that's something he really wants. So He's whether it's college, whether it's whatever, whether it's partying, we're like, yeah. hey, look, you can you can go drink. You're going to be out of our house. You yeah. can do whatever you want. You can try whatever you want. Um, what's the first consequence? First consequences, it's probably going to be really fun. You're going to have a great time. First consequence of anything negative is usually probably really fun, right? What a fun way to look but, at it. Great. What, I love this. Keep going. But what's but. the second and the third? Yeah. Hang on. Right? Let's say you, you know, you want to try some sort of hard drug that's easily addictive, right? Mm-hmm. And people can ruin their lives over it. Mm-hmm. First consequence, really fun. Second, not so cool. Third, life's starting to go down the tubes and this this was not. So, we always get them to project it out, get mm-hmm. to the third and say is it worth it? Yeah. Right? Anything yeah. he does, whether that's going to college, yeah. it's, you know, hey, he's buying his first car. Yeah. He just turned 16, he wants okay. to wait another year. Um, we've, we've told him he'll work and whatever money he earns will match it. Okay. And then, but he's responsible for the insurance. He's responsible for the maintenance, all of it. So he has to factor that into the amount of money. So he's, he's really logically thinking through exactly what he wants to do and and which car he wants and why, you know, because for us, it's not about even with schooling, we're not so concerned about him getting an A plus because he's in, you know, he's in school right now. It's, are you learning? Are you progressing? You know, he's got a tough teacher right now. We're like, good. What are you learning from that? Right? How are you thinking through this? How are you navigating the relationship with her so you can get, you know, your desired result? Right? Well, our toughest teachers can be our our, our most important ones. Whether they be a parent or a teacher itself. Yeah, because it's a parallel to life, right? Mm -hmm. Well, so many people today are so weak with the youth that's coming up. Look, you did not get to let's where you... Let's talk about this. Yeah, let's... This let's is, dive. I'm getting fired up about this. Let's go. We're done talking about the business. Let's yeah. talk about how to solve the world's problems. Yeah, exactly. I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, I get it. We have a daughter. We want to protect her. We want to make sure, sure that she's okay. We want sure. to make and sure And she's that, not even two. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, there's a long time before you're... You know, you've got, you've got, you've got some, more, some time. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is, is that she is going to learn. You learned. We've learned through the tough parts of life. Not through being coddled. Right. Not, not, you know, you weren't carried onto the racetrack and said, hey, here's a race car. Go drive it. You'll be great. Good luck. Like, yeah. no, you had to grind it out. Yep. My first time in a go-kart, yeah. I crashed. Yeah. I drove, I went head on into a concrete wall. Dad screwed up the brakes and they failed. No, dad, they, well, the, I'm really being mean. I'm sorry. I love you, dad. You're a wonderful mechanic. But uh, the truth is the brakes failed and I went straight on into a wall. And he's like, do you want to keep going? I'm like, yeah. See, but that's the difference. Yep. See, a lot of a lot of parents would have said, "Oh my gosh, it's you don't ever have to do this." Yep. I'm so sorry, and just pulled you away, and now that starts to develop a fear rather than a strength. Right. So you learned at a young age, 
how to press in to the things that were uncomfortable. Right. So we talked to Vincent and obviously as Emmy gets older, we'll talk to, to her about this as well. But we say, look, there's, there's good fear, you know, and then there's bad fear. All right. Like a good fear is like, Hey, a strange guy is following you. It's, you know, at night it's dark. Like, okay. Fear's that's kind of necessary. Oh, like fears, fears like necessarily. Like a healthy, accurate one. Yeah. To exactly. Act on. Exactly. <laughs> like, okay, run, <laughs> get <Yeah>. away <laughs> here as fast mm-hmm. as you can. But then like a fear with, with stretching yourself, like when something's yeah. uncomfortable, when yeah. you're not getting something yeah. and it's like, what are, are, look, your brain is wired for, for, for you to go towards the path of least resistance. For sure. You know? Yeah. So it's like, that's like when something's not coming. so going to protect you. Exactly. Yep. So that's when you need to press into it. All right. Mm-hmm. And that's when you need to go, mm-hmm. okay, what am I supposed to learn here? How mm-hmm. is this supposed to stretch me? And I think mm-hmm. if, I mean, at least with us, that has been so great with Vincent mm. that anytime he's come to a, a tough point in his life, mm-hmm. we push him and nudge him and get him to think about things and go, all right, this is tough. It's supposed to be tough. Yeah. This is how you grow. Yeah. Simplest example is working out. Sure. You know, like, like there's if you, no pain, but there's no, yep. there's no growth pain unless there's pain. pain. Absolutely. Yeah. We felt that today. High yes, five, yes, everybody. Good did. job. Yes, Good did. job. Oh, that was legs little, are going to be a little sore. Doms is going to happen. I felt Delayed it right Delayed onset now. muscle soreness. Yeah. If yeah. you feel it today, you're definitely going to feel it tomorrow. Yeah, so, we, yeah, we but that's that. true. You're right. Working out is like a great example. I use that too, where you're not going to get stronger unless you stress the muscle. Yes. Right? You're not going to have better cardio until you stress your system, until you you know, make your lungs uncomfortable. Right. It's it is the same so thing necessary. with your mind. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with, you know, For learning sure. a new skill set. And, and, you know, just with, with parents today, if they would understand that and stop trying to protect their kids so much and just let the kids be buried in the phone and in social media and all Do these different things. remember we used to just ride our bike everywhere? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a helmet. No, no. I didn't have, I was like. No pads of any kind. Nothing. Like, you yeah. know, you just, you just went on your bike and rode off. And now it's like, I mean, I probably would be guilty of that, of the, of the, of the paranoia of going too far myself. Like, yep. you know, you get worried. I get worried about my dogs being outside for too long without me watching them like a helicopter yep. parent that they're going to run away. So, yeah. but truth be told, huskies want to run away. So I <laughs> have to so i'm justifying myself um but yeah you you, you know you, the, the the days of freedom mm. and also the things like you know you're hearing about kids in the old days they used to do crazy stuff and jumps and jumping off of you know their house into the pool and all kinds of stuff and right. now it's like i feel like there's such a that your wings get clipped and everybody's yeah. afraid of i mean shoot you might be afraid your neighbor saw it and call social services on right. you that you're not being a responsible parent hey you yeah. left your kids out back too long yeah, they were digging a hole. Yeah. You know? No, it's 100% right. And, and that's where order of consequence on the reverse right. is, is, look, if the first thing you do is really hard and really tough and it really pushes you and stretches you, yeah. well, yeah, that's uncomfortable. But the second order of consequence to that is, is a positive result comes out of it, such as working out. Yeah. Working out, if you don't like to work out and you've never worked out in your life, the first time you go to the gym is going to suck. 100%. Right? And, but then the, the, the second order and the third order and the fourth order is you start to get in shape. Yeah. You start to feel better. You start yeah. to lose weight. You're, you're, the quality of your life improves. Yeah. So all these positive effects yeah. 
come out of when something is difficult and it's, right there's the a pressure on the pressure turning something into a diamond you know exactly. right i mean it's just it takes that kind of discomfort we were talking about this yesterday about how you know even with emotional trauma and how it's so important to to go through the pain of really mm. feeling it mm. and yep. i think as as humans again just like we were talking about with you take the path of least resistance you uh, naturally the same thing and that that applies to our emotions and how right. we don't want to face the difficult stuff we don't want to say the things out loud that that we don't want to become real but we need to start saying them out loud we need to feel the emotion and you know the story i told you yesterday about you know for me last year having such discomfort with like uprooting again packing my bags and leaving and for two days my stomach is in a knot like Mm. i can't eat and i can't figure out what it is but I'm leaving in two days. That's the only thing that is going to happen. And I finally realized the night before I left through like just sending a text message where I was like, oh my God, that's it. I said something about like, you know, I'm sick of like start, you know, like uprooting and always going and moving and leaving and being the one to go. And all of a sudden, uh, like I I cried it out. I was like in convulsions Mm -hmm. and I like got through that emotion and let it come through me. I wrote my journal and I woke up the next morning and I pigged out. And yep. felt great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, our pain, our, our emotions can manifest within us physically too. Mm. And yep. that's a dangerous thing. Right. So if we're not prepared to not only feel pain doing push ups, like, how yep. the hell are we ever going to, you know, deal with the pain of something that happened in our childhood that was painful or something that someone said to you that was hurtful? I mean, how many things can we say came from our, you know, younger days that we can remember, of course, whatever that age sure. is, like four or five years old, maybe we start remembering. But stuff that happened to us in our teenage years where you're like, you never freaking forgot what that one dude said to you. You never forgot yeah. what that one lady yep. said or you never forgot what your dad said. You know, that stuff sticks with you. And so facing all of those things is part of our healing. Yep. And there's no growth unless there's pain. I always say there's no, there's always pain before growth. Yeah. And what about all the stuff that you could be missing out on? You know, like sure. if, if you're not willing to stretch yourself or push yourself to go into that interview or to sure. work out the way that, you know, you want to work out, how, what what else in life are you missing out on? Sure. You're missing out on the milestones, you know, 10, 15 milestones down the road of, again, your fullest potential, you know, the greatest yeah. things that you're meant to do on this planet yeah. and the mark that you're supposed to leave and the things you're going to get to experience along the way, which could be really beautiful and, and, and great. I mean, I think about the, the things that we get to experience now. I'm so thankful for all the discomfort that we've oh had gosh. along the way. Mm-hmm. And we've learned to recognize discomfort. Like we've learned to recognize it as a good thing and welcome it. Yeah. Look you at know? that's a total like you're an alchemist. You're just turning yeah. something that's seemingly dangerous into an opportunity. You right. just And so there's also another way to describe it is just just purely change your perception. Yep. yep. Right. We are all just some point of awareness in the universe of like where we put it, right? We're like, we're pointing, putting our point of awareness on something. So we shall get more of that. We are that, you know? Right. Like, so put your point of awareness on the positive side of something. Mm -hmm. And I'm preaching to myself right now, (laughs) Um, but I'm human. And I think that we we all go through those phases. And so for myself, I used to be, I used to be much more negative. Like, and I used to be much more, um, Um, just like, I just wasn't as happy, joyful, go lucky, optimistic. And, um, 
just generally responsible for my thoughts. And so over time, I've really had to work to transition it. And so Mm -hmm. is it, here's the one thing I've found about anything that you want to change. It's going to be, if it's, if it's worth it, it's going to be difficult. And it should be, if it's difficult, you know, you're in the right spot, right? Right. It should be hard. It's, it's not going to be an overnight thing. Otherwise it probably wasn't that big of a deal. It's probably not going to change you that much. So I first started to identify first off, you have to recognize the pattern you don't like anymore, Mm -hmm. right? You go, okay, I don't like this pattern. So something might happen. Let's just take judgment for an issue, right? Like Mm -hmm. somebody walks by and you're like, oh, he's this. Oh, she's that. Oh, you know what? Something judgmental. Mm -hmm. First thing he goes, I don't want to be judgmental. And so you go, you know what? They probably, you know, they're probably doing their best or, you know, maybe they're struggling with this. And you start to take when you say, oh, you say the judgmental thing in your head and then you flip it. And then eventually over enough time of transitioning that thought being, you know, your little alchemist of changing the thought, you start having that thought of good more regularly because you've Mm -hmm. practiced the flip. And then eventually, you know, you get to a point where that is the dominant thought all the time. But it's hard. Like getting better is hard. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's a consistent Look, you gotta you gotta build routines and habits in your life that actually make you move in that direction. Right. And reading, reading, I hated reading in high school. <laughs> I didn't read anything in high school. Um, they I make hear a, you. they make a joke. You know, my, uh, her and my sister made made a joke. They're like, "Do you remember any books that you read from high school?" I'm like, "Yeah, James and the Giant Peach." They're like, "Tony, you read that in like third grade." I'm like, "That's the last <laughs> book I remember." You know, my mom read <laughs> the line, "The Witch in the Wardrobe" to me, yeah. and she would look over and she'd go, "Are you sleeping?" And I was totally sleeping. Yeah. I was like, "No, mom, I'm just resting my eyes." Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> I was just reading. enjoying a dream. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, um, but like, but back to, um, uh, order of consequence that comes from a book by Ray Dalio principles. Mm -hmm. So phenomenal book. Another book talking about like, you know, when somebody's having a challenge, like stopping and thinking and going like, Hey, what is this person going through? Uh, seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen, Stephen Covey. And you know, he just real quick, he tells a story about how this guy was on it. He was on a train and this guy was on a train with his kids and his kids were running around like crazy and you know he's sitting there going like like dude control your kids like be a parent what are you doing and he finally said something to him and and the dad goes yeah he goes you know he goes uh we just got back from the hospital and their mom just passed away and you know like and it totally changes your perspective you're like yeah what you know giving people the benefit of the doubt yeah and it's like and he said he goes he goes the kids don't know how to handle it and you know i don't you know he's just I mean, you're in shock. He doesn't know how to handle it. You know? Exactly. He's in yeah. a state of shock. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we stop to think about it, because look, I, you know, New York, we live in New York. Everyone, we're driving, we're driving here and <laughs> coming across the street. How many times do we say, see people give people the finger? You know, I, I don't know, a lot. But it's so funny, like just even driving, like just giving people the benefit of the doubt, letting people in, yeah. not getting, yeah. not letting these little things frustrate you to the point of where it's stealing your joy and robbing you of your joy. Right. And mm-hmm. me, I was probably the most negative person on the planet and to see how far I've come and just how we look at things and how I look at things. Um, you could change, well, you know, we know it comes from insecurities. Yep. yep. It comes and from I had yourself, a lot of them, right? Yeah. Your, your opinion of me is a reflection of you, not of me. Right. <laughs> yep. Right. So if we're looking down the street and we see something that we judge, it's probably because we judge it within ourselves. Yep. Right. So true. Very powerful hmm. little thought process. Um, but giving people the benefit of the doubt, means that you're giving yourself the benefit of the doubt then too, right? Yep. Right? That's just that's just a good thing to do. You talked about, you know, ways to um, 
nurture and to change and um, techniques. So are there certain things that you do that are, um, you know, daily rituals? Are there practices? Are there effort? Are there certain efforts that you make, whether it's like the books you read or, you know, certain things that you go to? Like, are there, what are your, what do you do to continue to grow and evolve? That's a good question. I'll let you start. Yeah. Uh, daily habits are everything. That That's uh, it, the small incremental choices that you make are going to ultimately lead to your final result. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we, we make sure we're constantly, our heads are in books. We don't set a specific, we need to read 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, but we are just constantly right. taking in information mm-hmm. through books, through podcasts, through anything that feeds us spiritually and emotionally and, you know, mentally and gets mm-hmm. us sharper. Um, you know, we're very careful about what we put into our mind because we know that that's what's going to manifest into our reality. Right. I, I believe, you know, most people aren't truly conscious of that. When we became conscious of that, it changed everything. Yep. Um, again, back to working out, back to eating, whatever you put in your body, yep. that's whatever you feed yourself. That's what's going to eventually manifest in the physical. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't it be the same thing? Whatever you put into your mind is what's going to come out into you, out of your words and out of your perception. Um, so we're, we're, we're mindful of it. Whatever we're watching, whatever we're listening to, whoever we're associating with, we want to make sure that it aligns with whatever we believe and what we want in our life. You know, we kind of put it through a filter. Does this align with our value system? And does this get us closer to our goal? If it doesn't match those two things, then why are we doing it? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah, so we're we're conscious about what we put in um, and, you know, we make sure that we, we stay healthy. You know, we mm-hmm. keep our mind right. Mm-hmm. Um, associations are really, really big thing as well. Um, and who we're aligning ourselves with. We always try to get us, ourselves around people that stretch us, mm-hmm. you know, that grow us. Um, Good job at that workout again, guys. <laughs> All go. right, apply. Right to that. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. You used to be a trainer, so well, d- I think you need to put me through one of your workouts this morning. Time. Man, man we'll, we'll flash back to, to pre, pre-Francis. pre Yeah, but um, <laughs> no, you're pretty intense by Danica. Everyone is really intense. Um, but we love it. But we are, we're always getting workout. ourselves around people that that stretch us yeah you know that yeah. are gonna if, if you yeah. a goldfish is only gonna grow to the size of the pond that it's in so is if, that true if you put them in a bigger in the tank they would get bigger yeah yeah so it, it, it that, as human beings in our evolution process and our expansion process uh, it's only natural if you're yeah. gonna hang around with the same crowd well then you can take the sum of those results and tell yourself you can figure out what you're gonna be you know, projected 10, 15, 20 years down the you road. You say something like, show me your five friends and I'll show you your future. Totally. Right? Yep. Saying that yesterday. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So if you want a different result in your life, you know, you're going to have to put yourself around people yeah. that are going to consistently yeah. sharpen the iron, grow and stretch you to become a better human, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's uncomfortable and it's not easy. And yeah. just like the workout this morning wasn't <laughs> easy. Um, but uh, but it, it ultimately makes you better, and you're you're yeah. you're more grateful for the for the final result. So yeah, yeah. daily rituals are key. You know, yeah. meditation. Take I mean, people do all kinds of things. Take cold showers in the morning. Whatever you have to do to get yourself primed and ready for the mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. so that because you're you're gonna typically wake up in a negative state. The brain naturally. It, 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 it is always usually typically going to gravitate towards the negative because that's protection. Mm. Um, it's kind of always probably going to look for what's wrong. Hmm. You know, as you walk into a new situation, you're going to survey the room and, you know, is this safe? 
um, and you're going to look for maybe what's wrong in the environment naturally if you're not really in sure. control of your thoughts. It's just so, is that a is that a, is that a a natural thing or is that a learned thing like do we like based on growing up do we just kind of get trained to go make sure it's safe like watch before you cross the road is this a trained thing or a, a trained um, I think um, some of it can be an instinctual yeah, yeah I think it 100,000 years ago yeah probably running, just survival yeah running from yeah. lions in the open field I don't know yeah <laughs> sorts of crazy stuff yeah fortunately but were, we're dinosaurs real no. <laughs> <laughs> you know fortunately we're not having to deal with those kinds of those kinds of threats in our life right. but our our body is wired to consistently right. look for those sure. things and to protect and preserve sure. right yep. so when you wake up and your stream of consciousness is going for most people they wake up in a negative state yeah you know the the fears of the day the insecurities the doubts the what could go wrongs and so you have to grab hold of your thoughts take them captive and and get yourself in a prime state to to speak differently and look differently um, I've been waking up. Uh, I saw something that someone did. They said, just wake up and say thank you. Yeah. And so I'll wake up and literally say that one word, which I can totally manage that as a yeah. practice. My 10-minute meditation falls by the wayside most of the time. But I can wake up and say thank you. And it's amazing mm. the difference just, in your yeah. like vibration. Yeah. And trajectory then like it's almost like you set the set like you throw a dart in the morning and you as soon as you let it go saying thank you it's going forward it's going towards positive yeah you know absolutely yeah. And, and really just living I think in a, in a grateful state is key you know yeah. one of the things we do with our meditation is I will sit there and visualize I'll do some breathing exercises and then I'll visualize well, I'll, I'll give thanks for whatever is currently in my life mm-hmm. right now that I, whatever comes to me, mm-hmm. it could be, it could literally be a bird that I hear in the distance as I'm sitting there, you know, mm-hmm. Hey, thank you for mm-hmm. this. Thank you mm-hmm. for the sunshine on my face. Thank you for my daughter. Thank you for my son. Thank you for my husband. Thank you. And I just go through this, this session of gratitude for the things I'm currently thankful for in the present moment. Yeah. Then I give things for things in the future. Oh, that you're using that technique. Good job. Yes. They say, imagine it as if believe it and live it and see it as if it's already happened. As if yep. it's already happened. As if it already Because it can only help but be then. Right. Yep. And that so way. that's, I, I'm giving thanks. I'm projecting out yep. my goals, the things that, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And I'm, I'm thanking in advance for it to go smoothly and for things to, to happen mm-hmm. the way that I ultimately one and it's that process do you of visualize that that end goal that that thing you're being thankful for that yes. hasn't happened yet so i've heard that's a very important which is the, for me the most difficult part is mm. to actually visualize something realized mm. because your ego wants to say not yet girl like you yeah. haven't done that yet don't be naive that's what mine tells mm. me anyway <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and so it gets hard to, to yeah. do that but that is an, a very important element of that manifestation is not only the uh not only saying it or mm-hmm. you know thinking it but but seeing it and believing it right yeah. i remember when i was pregnant with my daughter you know you you hear once you're pregnant you get all the horror <laughs> stories of everything that could go wrong no, everybody great, just wants to share that's positive <laughs> yeah. everyone wants to share oh yeah. you know check make sure you check on this make sure you that's this true i mean like my, me, whatever. yeah like my you sister's know? pregnant and i was like ultrasounds are supposed to be really dangerous and really bad and she and i was like i almost don't want to send you 
this this information this like Instagram thing and and she responded in the way and I told her I'm like so glad you responded this way she said okay I understand she's like yeah I only get two and it's not that big of a deal and I'm not going to stress about it. I'm like thank God because I like my as a human <laughs> you're like you want to help people right but you know it can be yeah. overwhelming yeah. and it, you know they're finding common ground with you they're able to relate on their experience and it's great you know and yeah. I, I love talking to people about their experiences but your first pregnancy it's a little bit like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so yeah, totally. I would visualize go it going to that great. island that you don't know about and I'll see you in nine months yeah no. totally but I would just in my gratitude sessions I would just visualize everything going great and I would yeah. be thankful in advance for a smooth mm. pregnancy a smooth yeah. delivery a healthy baby we had the doctors telling us all sorts of things about her development her brain and we went through this little bit of an emotional sight roller coaster mm. with it but we just we spoke life over it and we, we spoke victory over it in advance that it was already taken care of and everything was awesome. going to work out great and lo and behold it did you yeah. know you met her this morning or you met her yesterday yeah, yeah. right and she's, she's so magical she's freaking awesome and she but. can count to 10 and she's you know 18 months yeah what she was doing planks and she's down dogs and she was curling things like yep. she's lifting uh, she's weights <laughs> super smart little kid and and you know anytime we would get reports like that we would just kind of deny it rebuke it and just you know we'd pray about it and we just keep on moving mm. like we just didn't let those seeds of doubt and negative yeah. just enter yeah. into our like st- yeah. stick in our brain yeah um and we were just talking to to bill about that who's one of our counselors and he's helped us tremendously with our marriage and whatnot and and you know we just so many people just receive information mm-hmm. and they just they hold on to it and and it's easier to receive the negative information all right than it is the positive it's funny like you could hear a hundred good things about you and then you hear one bad thing of and then course. that's the one thing we're like oh my gosh like totally you're right awesome. you're totally right totally you know, right so you know that inside our brain you know quieting that negative voice and not letting basically suffocating that negative voice and and growing that positive one is so yeah. important and yeah. it does take time and yeah. it takes work sure. and well, there's a saying um, it's like the ego is impatient because it knows its time is limited but the soul knows it has forever yep mm. and that's the thing is is getting in touch more you know it kind of sounds silly but but really getting in touch with your spirit and rather yes. than you know just your fleshly feelings well right because are we, you i mean like tony are you your arms? Yeah, no. no. Are you your eyes even? No. No. Are you your heart? Yeah. No, you're not any of those it's, things. So what are you? Exactly. You're a conscious. You're, yeah. you're a consciousness. You're you're an energy. You're a spirit. However, whatever you want to call it that makes you yeah. feel good, that follows along with what you believe. But, but yeah, you're... So true. <laughs> and so many people are detached from that. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. only think of mm-hmm. who, how mm-hmm. they look. You know, or how they're feeling that day. Like, like yeah. when I started to understand this, I stopped being an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. You know, and you know, so many people. Please help. I, I, Go I, ahead. I had to be. <laughs> well, everything had to be perfect in my day for me to quote unquote feel good. Mm, mm, and then mm-hmm. when I, I remember talking to Bill, and he goes, Tony, he goes, you're gonna have a day here and there where everything falls in alignment and you feel good. He goes, but those days are going to be so far and few between. Mm-hmm. He goes, you're going to live a miserable life. I got the perfect analogy. Yeah. Golf. Yeah. It's almost barely yeah. any time you go out to golf, you're like, every part of my game was on. Driving, fairway, yeah. chipping, putting. Yeah. Almost never do you get all four parts of your game together. Nope. Right? That's life. Yep. Golf. Nope. 
But it's so true. And, and when he said that to me, he goes, Tony, he goes, you have to learn to not let your feelings dictate how you're actually being. And I was like, what? What do you mean? He goes, Tony, if you don't feel good, you have to be able to control the feelings and still enjoy your life. He goes, yeah. he goes, it's not, he goes, you're into this destination disease where mm-hmm. you think that when you get to this point, you're going to be happy. Mm-hmm. He goes, happiness is a choice. Mm-hmm. And he started talking to me about it. And, and, you know, we could talk two hours just on this one point. But point is, is, is you, you have to stop being such an emotional roller coaster. And it's understanding that not everyone is going to be happy with what you're doing. Yeah. You know, question is, is are you happy with what you're doing? Yeah. You know, you're never going to be able to satisfy everybody or satisfy, you know, uh, uh, your family and this and that. The question is, is at the core of who you are, are you a good person? Are you doing the right thing? Are you a person of integrity? Do you truly treat people the way you would like to be treated? Amen. You know, like the basic mm-hmm. golden rule. Yeah. And he goes, and if you do, he goes, there's going to be some people that will literally be angry at how good you are to them. He goes, but that's not you. That's them. Yeah. He goes, and if you change who you are to satisfy them, here's what will happen. He goes, you will lose yourself and you will never satisfy them anyway. It's true. He goes, so figure out who you really, really want to be and, and get down to the core of that. And he goes, and that's how your whole life changes. Mm. And that's what changed in our relationship. Mm. I stopped being so like, like questioning what she said to me in a negative way and being like, did you mean this and actually mean that? And, you know, I started going down rabbit holes. Of course. Insecurities. We I've talked been, about I'm this yesterday. That. And, and mm-hmm. right. my whole yard is filled with rabbit holes. Yeah. Oh, me too. Gone down. Yeah, of course. You know, and it just, it, it, it was amazing. It was but it's a, a huge, choice. It's a yep. choice. Yep. It's a choice to decide whether or not you want to feed that yep. insecurity and run down that rabbit hole. Right. And and then, as we said before, like you as a human will like your mind will do everything and anything possible to validate that crazy thought. Yeah. Yeah. You will look like Inspector Gadget in every nook and cranny <laughs> and every Instagram account trying to figure out oh, yeah. how you can justify yeah. this crazy thought. Oh, absolutely. Um, I literally I, think of it as like a little gremlin that's on your shoulder yeah. just pulling your ears and getting you, you know. Yeah, there actually there's a, there's a great, Elisa Romeo is someone who um, is a spiritual teacher mm-hmm. And she has a whole chapter on gremlins. There you go. <laughs> I got haven't read, read it. I yeah, total sense though. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and those things can control your life yeah. for the rest of your life. Yeah. If you let them. Well, you know, it's only it's, real if you believe it. Yeah. And and so it, it, it's about you getting to the control panel yeah. of your life, saying no, you are in control of your thoughts. Yeah. Your mind. Your mind is a free agent. It's going to yeah. do whatever the heck it wants. Yeah. It's going to look for whatever it wants to look for, and it's going to craft whatever a picture it wants to craft if you're not in control. And that's what most people don't understand and that we didn't understand for most of our life, mm-hmm. you know, until we went through the experiences that we went through. Mm-hmm. And we actually did something really interesting. It's called the Arno profiling system. It's temperament testing. <laughs> and it gets down <laughs> to the core of who you <laughs> are. Yep. It's, it's pretty deep. It's, it's a lot deeper than personality testing and mm. everything. And here's why. Your temperament is what you're born with. So you see two babies in the nursery 
and they could look totally different, right? Mm-hmm. Or just respond to the world totally different. We have a, mm-hmm. a, a couple friends of ours, they have twins. The girl is this super feisty firecracker. She's already walking, she's into things, she's climbing stuff, like she's all over the place. Mm-hmm. The boy's like super chill. He just watches her. He's like, I'll walk when I wanna walk. Okay. I'll do what I wanna do. Somebody bring me my bottle, I'm cool. Like, mm. doesn't cry a whole lot, super chill. So they have their temperaments, their temperaments are already visible. You can see it. But what happens as you go through life, you get this layer of conditioning over your temperament. And that Mm -hmm. comes from your parents, your teachers, anybody that influences Mm -hmm. you, the experiences that you have will condition and and start to mold and shape you according to that. If you have super type A parents, but you're like that little boy who's super chill, you're probably going to act more aggressive in type A, literally out of survival in your own home even though it goes against who you are. Mm -hmm. Then the third layer of you is your personality. And that's what you wanna be. That's you looking at somebody in the world and seeing the results that they get and wanting to emulate them because you wanna get the same result. This isn't a conscious thing that we all do, but you have a great coach, you have a great, you know, some, anybody in your life, a friend of yours, and you're like, man, they're super extroverted, they're funny, people like them, you know, if you're younger, you're like a guy, you're like, oh, they get girls that way, whatever, you know, whatever it is that you see, you're like, I like that, I want that result, and therefore you start acting like them. Yeah. And that's what shapes your personality, but, Mm. so by the time you go through the conditioning and the personality, you could be so far away from your temperament, it's not (laughs) even funny, and then, and then you're, you're (laughs) in the world going, what's wrong with me? Why do I get like this? You know, you compare yourself to other people constantly thinking mm. like, man, if I could just. So this test figures out the temperament. It gets down to the temperament. Beyond those other things that come yep. after and goes, hang on, let's get back to the root. Yes. And yep. it's, it's, it's so enlightening. And you guys did it was this. Game you said changing. your results were kind of shocking, right? Shocking. Uh, totally shocking. We, of, because of our conditioning yeah. and our personalities, our temperaments were somewhat opposite of what we thought that we were. Mine was totally opposite. Yeah. Tony has Tony has um, what they call sanguine. He's sanguine melancholy. He's got this super fun relational side to him mm-hmm. that likes to have fun, likes to be spontaneous. Mm-hmm. And then he's got this melancholy side to him that's um, more organized and things have to be, it, it's sort of a perfectionist. It's like kind of having a CPA in your brain as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can also, so you, he, he can have this sort of polar pull between the sanguine who's sure. relational, likes to have fun, yeah. and the melancholy side of him that actually wants things a little more quiet and can be somewhat more introverted. I, on the other hand, I have, I'm a choleric melancholy, which means I have basically like a lieutenant or general in my head at all times telling me that like I need to get stuff done now. <laughs> so it's banging on my the door of my mind consistently. And then I've got the melancholy, the CPA that's like, yeah, but if you're gonna do it, do it right. Mm-hmm. Like so it's so in other words, cholerics, if you have a straight choleric and you're in a boardroom, they're usually the one pounding their fist on the table. Mm-hmm. They're like, rah, 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 we have to do this, you know, they're they're typically, they have a propensity to be leaders in the world. Like they're, they're typically um, just kind of out there. They fling stuff into the universe without even like, if they're a straight choleric, 
it goes through no filter. Yeah, zero filter. That's me. But because, <laughs> but because I have this Sorry, melancholy everybody. side, I've got this filter mm-hmm. that's catching it. So if I'm ah. in a boardroom, I'm not the one banging my mm-hmm. fist, but my brain is firing as if I am. Yeah. Because I'm having this mental conversation in my head that's oh. figuring out the right words, oh. figuring out the right options, and making sure that whatever I say, when I say it, You're a powerhouse. I'm usually the one that has the last word. Ah. Right. So. It, you can have it in this podcast. I can, be, I can be crazy though if it's unregulated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if I don't, if I'm not aware of this, I would. I'd stay up at night. My brain wouldn't shut off. I would get mentally exhausted. I'd have low energy at points because it was just like my yeah. brain was on a consistent treadmill. So things like meditation and and just sense yeah. of self awareness and mindfulness. Nature. You and I talk, Danica, about nature a yeah. lot. It's it's not only important, it's, it's vital yeah. for me I feel the same. to stay grounded, yep. you know? Yep. And then the two of us entering, to, entering into a relationship, we're very so opposite. Is, is it the melancholy that allows it? Like, is this some kind of a test that you could do to say like, yeah, we're compatible? You, um, you actually, you except actually, we wouldn't have been, but <laughs> even if you have both have the melancholy, it would definitely yeah. help 1000% oh, if couples sure. took it before mm-hmm. they were going into a relationship. I mean, we do not us, but the, yeah. you know, we, we set yeah. up one of the parts of our, our mentorship organization, ha, you know, has a part where these pe- people could get tested. And you know and what's funny? I bet, I bet people wouldn't want to do it. I bet if people were in a relationship, they wouldn't want to do it. Because I'm like thinking to myself, gosh, that sounds great. No, it doesn't. What if it doesn't come back the way I want? (laughs) And that is the fear of truth that Mm, people have, right? Because Mm -hmm. you're going to get there anyway. If you're not meant to be, if it's not meant to be, move along. Because it's going to happen anyway. And all it does is get more difficult, more complicated, and more painful. Yeah. So face the truth as soon as humanly possible. That's something that I've you know, I do the best job I possibly can with is facing Mm -hmm. the truth as soon as possible. It's like, oh, if you don't like this, well, I better do that sooner or later, because if that's the problem, then it's going to come out sooner. Something else will be the reason sooner or later, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah. that's a, that's a fantastic test. I'll sign up. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, uh, you, you'll like it. I yeah. Mean, we, we, you and I talked about that yesterday yep. and, yep. and, uh, if a couple took it before they were really entering into a relationship, it wouldn't, it wouldn't say, hey, you guys are compatible or not. Good. It would, so it's like a psychic. They're never going to tell you you're going to die soon. They're yeah, just going to be exactly. like, you should really be careful about the train. Well, <laughs> yeah, don't go on any trains. Bungee jumping. Yeah. Bad idea. <laughs> That's awesome. But what, it, what it'll do is it would give the, the couple tremendous perspective at, mm. on how the other one operates. Okay, tools. Yeah, and mm-hmm. how they think. Mm-hmm. If we went into our relationship knowing... Because because that was the biggest thing is, is miscommunication, yeah, right. Right. Sure, not understanding each yeah. other. Yeah, yep. So she would do things, and I'd be like, "The heck, what is that?" And I would do things, and she'd be like, "What is wrong with you?" You know. And and yeah. the other thing was was I was so insecure with how I was actually being because so much of my conditioning growing up, you know, not to go into to a long explanation, but like I would have these big explosions with my family with friends with loved ones and i created a pattern where it would be a fight wouldn't get resolved until it got to a ridiculously high mm-hmm. elevated state mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so then that mm-hmm. became my pattern. i have no idea what you mean yeah 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 <laughs> so then that became my pattern and i brought that into all my relationships mm-hmm. and until i was able to understand my temperament and then understand where this pattern came mm-hmm. from i wasn't able to disconnect 
the button from like, like literally people would push my buttons and it would take me there. Yep. So I had to disconnect the wiring from the button, yeah, right? you know, and yeah. get to the root, pull yeah. it out and, yeah. and, you know, deconstruct it. You had to look it. it in the face and go, mm-hmm. no more. Yeah, exactly. And change patterns or change routines or, and just change your firing. You had to go yeah. through some neuroplasticity of retraining yep. your brain. And I think that this is something that if everyone was honest, they would want to do. Oh, 100%. Um, you know. and, I, and I think every, I think there is some sort of level of compatibility with all of the temperaments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we've yeah. seen them. We've, we have so many people now that have taken the test um, and, and we've seen the results and we've seen so yeah. many that, you know, it's funny if they're if they're if they have the exact same temperament, usually what they'll struggle with is is awareness because they're the same. So like they're not gonna call each other out on anything. So if you know, if something if somebody else offends them, they're both gonna be like, Yeah, that person's wrong. Well, because they're both coming from the same perspective. So it that can actually be kind of tough. Yeah. You know, for them operating in the rest of the world around them because they're both justifying mm. each other's yeah. wrongs essentially. Yeah. Um, we were very opposite in, in a lot of categories, even though we had that melancholy, um, it, the, it's broken down into three categories, inclusion, which is how you are socially, control, which is control, how you want to control yourself and others, and then affection, which is you know how you relate to other human beings and um, want that sense of affection. So we, are, we were different in each category, mm-hmm. and for the affection category in particular, I'm not even on the scale. He's off the scale, right? So that right there for that right there for a relationship can be a, it could be challenging if we yeah. if he would get offended or get get his feelings hurt in a sense yeah. because I wasn't responding to him a certain way that yep. he thought everybody should respond to everybody yeah, that way right. because that's how I am, right? We, get, we give what we want to get. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what what it did is it broke down these barriers for us. And we just learned to accept who we were, you know, and, and, but also not, you know, accept our temperaments and learn the strengths, understand the weaknesses, but not give justifications for them. Just know that they're there and, and know, now be excited yeah. about what we have to improve on. Yeah. But we shed grace on each other. We had empathy. Ken, you went for the positive. Yeah. yeah. And now, now we get it. Yeah, like, you're if, like, you're clerical. Got it. You yeah. handle this. You're so good at yeah. this. Totally. Yeah, you can focus on the positive and how it could be used to your advantage instead of being frustrated or um, or letting the ego scream out loud like, are you telling me I'm not good enough? Am I not detail-oriented enough? Or Absolutely. whatever may be the problem. What a what a cool thing. I'm Again, like I said, I would love to do it. I think that's a, a innovative and like if we can use science, we might as well. Um, yep. So that's cool. Look, I, I want to finish off this conversation by um, one of the points that we got to in the middle, which is your first chapter. I want you guys to tell me mm. what you want said at your funeral about you as a human being. Mm. This is good. I'm going to go first. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I, that that us living a life that we impacted people tremendously positive, that people lived a better life because we were a part of it and we connected them with the right people and we helped them in certain areas of their life and that, you know, we, we generated or helped charities and, and have charities with huge trust funds that live on way beyond our days and, and uh, that that we are making an impact way past our, our death date. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's what we want, that we always, that no matter how difficult it was at points, we always stood on the side of right um, uh, whether it was, you know, unpopular, uh, whether it was to, you know, a lot of people only do things what's right when it's in their financial best interest or, or when it's not offending anyone. Right. Um, we don't, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we do the thing that's right no matter what. And if somebody doesn't like it too bad, if we lose money on it, well, that's okay. Because we mm-hmm. believe that doing the right thing is the right thing the no important. matter what. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people, there's a great simple book uh, called The Go-Giver. And, and uh, you know, the beginning of the book, the guy is, his perspective on how to make it in the world is to basically kind of do do whatever you have to do to stomp on your competition and beat out your person. And, and that's how you become successful. And, you know, the mentor in the book really teaches him that's not the way to do it. And that's not the way to live. Um, because at the end of your life, man, if you made all this money and all this success and everything, but you burn relationship, you hurt people, you did the wrong thing. Working you, out of fear like, instead of love. The, yeah, what yep. the heck did you, what was your life? Yeah. You know, um, Tony Robbins talks about it with the Dickens method. You know, Charles Dickens and, you know, the Christmas Carol. Um, Christmas Carol? Yeah. yeah. Um, Ebenezer you know, Scrooge. Yeah, Ebenezer Scrooge going through that process of, of mm. you know, his mm-hmm. life being, you know, presented to him. You know, mm-hmm. what people are going to say and, you know, how he's affecting people in the present and how he was brought up in, in the past. And, you know, it's like we don't ever look at our lives like that. Most people don't. And they, when they're doing the wrong thing, we justify it. People justify why it's okay to do the wrong thing. And a long time ago, we just stopped justifying stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and for, your, for, for ourselves. For, for yourselves and yeah, for we, other people. We were just like, no, this is wrong. And we are going to do everything. You know, we're just not going to do that. We're not going to go down that road. We're not going to yeah. justify things. Um, and, and when you do that, you, you live so, like we put our head on our pillow at night and we know we're doing the right thing. And, and here's the thing. We don't just go, we're doing the right thing, right? We check with people. We're, we're always in counsel. We have a multitude of counselors that will hold us accountable to a ridiculously high standard. Yep. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, I heard one, you know, you know, one person said, oh, well, I counsel with God. Really? Do you talk to anyone else? Oh, so you have a direct phone line with God because that's ridiculous. Because you could, you could have somebody, you know, okay, you could be a wacko and say you're talking to God. It's a looped conversation, you know, possibly. Yeah, it is exactly, right. exactly. And and you may not be. I don't doubt from, that you can't connect with some spirit. I agree, and, that, and the intuition or gut feeling or whatever you want to say. But look, your your cop out of like it's exactly. just this one person. We have a good conversation, and it's fine. Like it's it's part of the team. But exactly, yep. God is definitely part of the team. But then God will speak through you through other people True. as well. Yeah. So if you're if you don't have other people in your life that are holding you to accountable to the standard at which you quote unquote say you want to live, then you're full of crap. So find people in life that are going to hold you to that standard and kick butt. Yeah. You know, so that's yeah. And I think it's on that point. You can make God whatever you want it to be based upon your intentions and experiences. I'm not saying I'm not saying that that's uh, that that's right. I'm just saying that's what people can do. Yeah. So they can twist whatever yeah. story they they want projected into the world and use that because no one can go verify it. Nobody can go fact check or check the record base, right? And craft whatever story they want. So we can do that too if we're not careful. You know, True. we can. You can we we have to be really being your conscious. own little clue, closed loop of saying like, "You good? You good? Yeah, we're all we're doing the right thing. Sure, yeah." You can absolutely talk yourself into whatever, sure. you know. So we do seek N-word 100%, and we, we look for that to be our true north um, with our spiritual connection. Um, but then we check it with yeah. counselors, with wise counselors. Yeah. And so I, I, got the, I got the front row seat to the funeral experience um, when I lost my dad in 2008. And that's when everything shifted for me. That's when I had my 
uh, existential crisis, if you will. And I started to reevaluate everything I was doing. Why was I doing it? What did I actually believe in? Um, Because my dad was my hero. He was my best friend. And um, he was also our lifeline to our family, you know, so financially and everything that our, our lives just started to change dramatically. But at his funeral, um, I was really impacted by by the fact that when people were sharing whatever they wanted to share, um, it wasn't about the credits or the credentials Mm -hmm. or the accolades. My dad had, you know, his story was inspiring. He came from nothing. He made something of himself. He did a lot of really great things. He won a lot of awards. He contributed to books. Nobody's up there saying, you know, that this particular book on supply chain management or this, you know, we're, we're so proud of him for that. <laughs> Everything that they were sharing came down to some sort of investment that he made into them mm-hmm. through time, through friendship, through telling them the truth about something that they needed to hear even when they didn't need, didn't want to hear it because he loved them more than he cared about their opinion of, you know, or their feelings, right? Yeah. He, he, he was that kind of guy. And, and so, so many people are impacted that people flew in from all across the United States, people we'd never even met before that hmm. wanted to tell us a story hmm. about our dad. Hmm. And, and he was just, it, it, it hit me so, um, so loudly that up until that point in my life, I was very performance driven. You know, I was chasing musical theater. That's what everything was about. I didn't care who was in my way. You're going to get the heck out of my way for me to get to my goal. And not that you can't be so passionate and focused and determined on something, absolutely. But if you're doing it at the expense of relationships and really experiencing life, again, what are you doing it for, right? It's that destination-oriented disease that I, that I had. And so I, I shifted my perspective and I said, when I get to the end of my life, I want people to have said, as Tony mentioned, my life is better off because of Francis in some sort of way, of Tony and Francis in some sort of way. They contributed to our life. They impacted our life. Mm-hmm. They, they, they went out of their way to serve us when nobody else would. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're the kind of people that, you know, um, just would have given their shirt off their back and done anything for us in, in terms of our relationships and our friendships and anything that we just sow into the world. We want to make sure it's good and we're proud of it. And by the time we get there, um, we can back and say, hey, job well done. I want to get to the finish line exhausted. I literally want <laughs> my hair messy, sweaty, just like out of breath, kind of like I was yeah. this morning. <laughs> um, but I just, the, the finish line of our life, I just want to just get there just like, <sighs> yeah, you know, and it just be like, hey, man, job well done. You did it. You, you went from, you, you achieved your highest potential and and you made the world better you know i know you know it may not be eradicating malaria or doing something necessarily on that level where the whole world feels it but as far as we can reach we want to make an impact absolutely well here's to building bridges not burning them Mm. and if we just build enough bridges we connect everyone in the world so yep Thank you guys for having for a deeper, more meaningful, a very meaningful purpose and to um, give yourselves and your time and your emotion to see people help see the best in themselves. Mm. I love that, too. I share that. I share that um, that that goal in life. So thanks for thanks for 
all the sacrifice and the vision and thinking outside the box. Screw the box. Yep. Right? Yep. Exactly. No well, thank you. And thanks for everything you're yeah. doing, Danica. Oh. We love how yeah, you're showing awesome. up in the world. Like, <laughs> you, you know, you kicked butt. You're, you're such like, I mean, you're, you're a legend. Mm. You're a legend. Mm. You're, you're, you're a hero. You're a mentor to so many and you're, you're, it's not over for you. Thank it's you. never over. Like you're just stepping into a new arena yep. and just getting started on something that I know is going to impact not just tens of thousands of people, but hundreds of thousands of people worldwide. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank you. Nice. I'm not the best at receiving compliments. So I'm, uh, I'm working on that too. Always yeah. a work in progress. Yeah. Well, thanks guys very much. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Pretty Intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. And also, thank you so much, Trevor Hall, for the awesome music. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.